0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm glad to be here with you, sharing the Word of God, and I hope you would just get your Bibles out and follow along with us today in this great teaching. Uh, most of all it 's uh, for us to know that it 's more than me talking, and you just listening, the Holy Spirit will be revealing to us great things in the truth today in the in god 's word, and I just praise the Lord for His spirit uh, being in us and among us to teach us and to reveal the truth to us and to show us great and mighty things that will only help us in our walk with Him. Praise God. Uh, So before we dig into the Word this morning, I just want to remind you of a little book that we wrote, For the Word of the Lord is Right and All His Works are Done in Truth. This is actually uh, in the publishing house right now being printed Uh, we've had these and we've sold these just printouts for a while $10 each they're still $10 Uh, if you want to wait on the actual book itself uh, you can but it doesn't really matter what you get it's the word of the Lord that makes the difference not what the book looks like amen but also uh, we have uh, some series that we ministered last year and one latest one this year and they are taking up our cross these are $25 each unless you buy any of the three, and we'll sell them to you for $60 for three, I believe is what we're doing. And uh, so taking up our cross is very important that you know what that means, Uh Because if you don't know what taking up your cross means, then you won't have a clue what sanctification means. And that is why uh, most of the church doesn't know anything about sanctification because they don't really know that much about the cross as far as sanctification in the Word of God and for our lives today. And also, third, is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That is something that we pray over people. We tell them, encourage them with that truth that God's people uh, who are... The righteous people in the earth today uh, who have their faith in the cross. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, but God sent his word to prosper in our hearts. And so you need to know about that. In our last one, our most recent series that we've made is Jesus, our bread of life. And this was really uh, very encouraging for me to teach and for me to uh, learn along the way. And I would promise you today, it would encourage you, edify and exhort you, and give you a little more wisdom that you need to run this race. Praise God. So we're excited about what the Lord's saying to us here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, and and all those that are being touched by the Spirit of God through this ministry here. You know, you think sometimes, how can God use such a small group of people in a small little town like that? And I think back of uh, men like Brother Swaggart and how when he Bought that property in Baton Rouge. There was nothing there, but what he was buying that land. There was nothing there, but today it is a huge, massive build-up, a great ministry, and and surrounded by other uh, merchandisers or whatever merchants, and and just uh, you know, you just God takes the small things if we won't despise them, and He begins to use them. If it's the gospel that we're believing, the gospel we're sharing, and then He begins to build His church, and and the. And what God can do, we cannot talk about the lengths of that because there's no end of what He's able to do for me individually, for my family, for this ministry, for your ministry and your family. Amen. So praise God, we're glad to be here today. and We're in the book of Ephesians. This is the last day of the month of June. And we're in our 36th session, uh, and we are going to begin today in verse 10 of chapter 5. But before we do, let's ask the blessing of the Lord, and let's ask the Lord for this daily bread. Amen? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to stand here today. Lord, with your word opened before us, not only here in this studio, but many men, women, and children all across the land, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the acquaintances, Lord, for those that we don't even know who uh, tune in and are blessed by this ministry, by what you're saying and what you're doing, Lord. And we just ask for that bread of life today to flow into our hearts by your spirit, that you would give us, Lord, more wisdom, more knowledge, more grace, of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we just praise you today for giving us your Word and your Spirit who will surely reveal... The truth of your word to us today, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise God again. Grab your Bibles, don't just sit and listen. Uh, You need to look at the word, see the word, take notes, uh, and it's always a blessing to be in God's word and to be uh, hearing God's word. Let me say something beginning this morning that I've been saying over the past year, maybe if it's been that long. When we come to a Bible study, when we tune in online, when we come, come to a worship service and we bring our bibles and we come to worship the lord when the word of the lord comes forth we're not really learning we're hearing The learning comes in the process of application. And that is why we are, as a people of God, to gather and to join ourselves together for the equipping of ourselves so that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can uh, put away more and more those things that are not the gospel and not the truth so we're not blown away by every wind of doctrine that comes along and that we can be more unitized, if you can call it that, in the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And and there's a manifestation out of our lives when that is taking place. It's not just a verbal thing. It is something to be seen. You know, you walk by a fruit tree, you can say, yeah, there's fruit in that tree, but if it's not showing... On the bush, on the tree, then it's not there. it can't be partaken of by anybody and let me let me assure you today that the fruit of the spirit emanating from our lives is for other people. amen, it's not just for us to be blessed it's for uh, the fruit of the spirit is for others to be edified, exhorted, comforted through what God's doing in us because that's a testimony that he wants to do the same th- thing in them. Amen. So today, uh, we're going to hear the word of the Lord. I pray that faith would come, because I know this, when faith comes, faith overcomes. Hallelujah. And we all need a little bit more overcoming faith today. Praise God. So in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, the first few verses here, we've we've read uh, uh, some commandments uh, to follow God as, as dear children, to walk in love as Christ also loved us, and Gave himself for us, and, and he, in verse 3 talks about, but these other things, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, let it not once be named among you as become saints. He's talking about be a witness, be a witness. That's not just a church goer, that's a witness, man. It's one thing to go to church, it's a whole other thing to walk in love and to represent the Lord, hallelujah. Our denomination is not representing God. We individually represent God through our faith in the cross and the Holy Spirit bringing forth His fruit. Amen. So, in verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, it lists all these things. Don't let these things be in your life, but rather at the end of earth, verse 4, the giving of thanks. If we'd spend more time giving thanks, then we'd see less of this junk that doesn't need to be there there. And it's kind of like what Paul told Timothy. Uh, don't be distracted as a good soldier. Don't be distracted and pulled off back and entangled, he called it, in the affairs of this world. Just keep on looking at the Lord, what He's done for you because He loved you. And believe me, you'll get real thankful if you keep looking at Calvary. And then, you know, he he, he then he says in verse for this, you know that no whoremongers, no this, no covetous, no unclean, no idolater, is going to inherit, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And then he says, "Let no man deceive you, uh, because uh, and because if you do, that the wrath of God's going to come upon you." Amen. And I'm just rushing through the first few verses we've gone over in the fifth chapter. And he says, "Don't be partakers with them." And I believe too many of us have for too long been partakers with folk who are really walking in darkness. They are Christians, but they're not walking in Christ, in the light, who they really are. They're walking according to the world. And not only are some of these things named once, but it's just who they've become again. So we need to not partake, be partakers with any of them. He reminds us in verse 8, We were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. That tells us the only way we can walk as children of light is as we walk in the Lord. And Colossians 2.6 very clearly teaches us, As we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, like so, just like that, walk ye in Him. So faith in the cross, begin our walk. Faith in the cross of Christ continues our walk. So he says in, here in uh, verse 9, Because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, and we read that, and that's where we ended last week so the, the The point here of this writing up to this point in this letter is that there will be instead of these worldly things. Flowing from our lives, and people are watching all of us, it would be the fruit of the Spirit flowing out of our lives. Yes, you'll be called ugly names. Yes, you'll be pushed aside. Yes, you'll be criticized, possibly persecuted, but it's more important to have the fruit of the Spirit flowing out of your lives and being stoned to death than it is being a part of the world just to keep from being persecuted or criticized. Can I get a witness? It's God would rather see you persecuted and stoned unto death, bearing the fruit of the Spirit than avoiding all persecution and criticism and just fitting in and happy, happy, happy with everybody in the world and not having the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the most important thing to God because the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of who He is and what He is doing. And that's more important to the Lord than anything else in a Christian's life is himself being, I'm talking about the Lord himself, being witnessed and represented through us. Amen. It's more important than my ministry. It's more important because really that is all Christians' ministry. It's more important than my children, my family, is the fruit of the Spirit. But if you go back and you read the first few verses of chapter 5, you will see that if unless we deal with the ver- first eight verses properly, then we will not be able to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, the way the fruit of the Spirit takes place, flowing from our lives is only if our faith is in the cross of Jesus Christ because it is the only object of faith that the Holy Spirit will do anything in us, through us, for us, to us, with us. Any, his involvement his in my life outside of the wrath of God against me is going to be through my faith in the cross. Hallelujah. So we see in verse 10, Proving, everybody say proving. Proving. That means manifesting more than with a verbal voice, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. You get that. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. There's a, if we can turn over right quick to 2 Corinthians, uh, I believe it's chapter 7, where there was a problem, there was sin in the church. And I'm not going to get deep into the, into the teaching of what the problem was. And there was sin in the church, and Paul had to address the sin issue. And he had to send a letter, and he dealt with the sin in the church. And he, he let them know they needed to repent. They needed to deal with this issue. Don't just push it aside. Don't just let it go. And let me tell you something. We as Christians can't just push it aside and keep going. The Lord, you're not going any further than letting the Lord deal with your issue when he focuses in and brings conviction over an issue, that's where you are. Of. But the sorrow of the world works death. That means if I'm only sorry I got caught, then I'm still separated in my fellowship with God as a Christian. Death is separation. We're born in sin, separated from God, and until we're born again, we remain separated from God. But as a child of God who's been reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus Christ through our faith in what He did for us at Calvary, we're walking with the Lord. We're in agreement with him. But when sin comes into our lives, the Bible teaches right here that unless we truly repent, if it's only I'm sorry I got caught, see, God sees, you know, he sees whether I'm sorry I got caught, but he also sees true repentance that says, Lord, not only did I do wrong, I am wrong. I'm wrong. So forgive me and help me, and I thank you for the blood of Jesus, and now I can move on, and, and, and I found a place of deliverance. Not just forgiveness, but a place of deliverance. Those are two different things there. I'm forgiven when I'm saved, and then God begins to walk my deliverance out. He begins to push these things out of my lives. Amen? So uh, he says in verse 11, For behold, this selfsame thing that you sought after a godly sort, What carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves. Well, look at that. Clearing of yourselves. Christians have to be cleared of some things sometimes. I'm reading it in my Bible. Clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. Look at all those things that actually come to us as an experience and the fruit of the Spirit when true repentance comes. Talking about proving right now, proving. Watch this. Now hold your finger there. Proving Ephesians five ten. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And we see because of what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, and this is just one of many places we can turn to. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. They were in sin, and God was calling on them to prove themselves, to prove what is acceptable to the Lord. Not as not what is acceptable among your and regulations what is acceptable unto the Lord, and I got news for you this morning, it's good news, what's acceptable unto the Lord is that we put our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, and that we keep it there so he can continually be pleased with the way we're living, amen, so he says this at the end of verse 11, in all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter, did you see that? You and I, as Christians, sin comes along occasionally, more occasionally for some of us than others. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, will convict us, and we have to clear ourselves through repentance so that we can get back to the place of proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Because it wasn't acceptable whatever was going on in the church of Corinth it's not acceptable when we go out and we we are found in some of these things fornication uncleanness covetousness these things that God threw possibly upon us not to let once be named among you. When we wake up one day and we're like, oh, Lord, this is in my life. God, forgive me. I need you. Forgive me. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that I can I can be forgiven and delivered, and you can, Lord, bring me out of this stuff. And and he will do that. Amen? We serve a faithful God. He's not just going to leave you. If you want out, he'll get you out. Hallelujah. Amen? But you got to come through way of the cross. And the word of God, Talking about in the word today proves that it is the Christian's responsibility to prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. Not my preacher, not my denomination, not my parents. What is acceptable unto the Lord, and we know what that is through what is written. written in the Scriptures. Amen. The Holy Spirit will bring conviction and when the Holy can I tell you this morning that when the Holy Spirit brings conviction into our lives of something that is wrong then it's because we're we're not Proving the goodness of the Lord, we're not proving what is acceptable unto the Lord in this thing in our lives, and it could be one of a thousand things. You know, the way we treat our spouse, the way we hold back on giving of the tithes and offerings, or the way we try to control ministries by giving a season, then we'll show them we won't give, and and or, or the lying, cheating, covet. The list is of thousands of thousands of things, and when the Holy Spirit who is God, will surely come and convict, not condemn, but convict, reveal what is wrong. He doesn't do it to beat us down. He does it so we will acknowledge it. it, come back to faith in the cross, so that He can raise us up and we can continue on this journey. But this all happens in the clearing of ourselves, the proving of what is acceptable unto the Lord. Amen. Praise God. and And... and It says this in uh, Ephesians uh, 5 and 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And what is acceptable unto the Lord, let's just go back and, and, and talk about the verse before. The fruit of the Spirit is what's acceptable unto the Lord. Our fruit is not acceptable unto the Lord. If it were, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. It's the fruit of the Spirit that's acceptable unto the Lord. Only the fruit of the Spirit is acceptable unto the Lord. And uh, and then... There's a lot more that could be said about that. But the next verse is so powerful, and the Lord is really through the message of the cross and the warnings that are coming forth today. Not just warnings, my friend. The devil, the, the devil has seen the preaching of the cross coming back to churches across America and the world, and so he's seen the warning that's coming through the true ministers of God. So what he's doing now is he's bringing warnings through his false ministers. And so uh, the Christian will hear warnings coming and, and they'll think that's God warning them. But listen, the, the warning is only accurate if coming with the warning is the truth, which is the preaching of the gospel, the message of the cross. I hope you know that. Just because some preacher out there is warning against something, if he's not showing you what the truth is, then his warning means absolutely nothing. If he's, if he's just telling you that you shouldn't be doing this sin and that sin, that's a correct statement. But if he's not showing you the way of the cross, which is God's only way out of sin for the lost and for the Christian, then his warning of sin not going to do you any good. Amen. So the next verse, verse 11, uh, says this, and have no fellowship. Everybody say no fellowship. No No fellowship. I, I have to say I'm a Bible believer. I'm sticking to the Word of God. I can't help the way I feel. I feel sometimes like I want. I just they need fellowship. You know we ought to be fellowship, and you know God, you said we ought to fellowship. There ought to be unity, but there can be no fellowship outside of those who are walking in the light. And if they're not walking in the light as He, the Lord, is in the light, 1 John 1, 7, there can first of all be no fellowship with the Lord and and we're actually walking in darkness and doing not the truth. And the Bible says if we think we're walking with the Lord and we're not doing the truth, we're walking in darkness, which means our faith is in something other than the cross, then we're not even in unity and in fellowship with the Lord, much less one another. Amen. So when we read scriptures like this, we've got to understand that have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness doesn't just mean don't be hanging out with the whoremongers and the drunks and the drug addicts and the per, perverts, and it means don't be hanging out with those who are walking in in darkness. And who are they? Man, they're preachers. They're church folk. They're deacons. They're elders. They're folk who are in church every week who are not doing the truth. What's that mean? Doing the truth. Bless God. I'm I'm doing what the Bible says here. We don't do this. We're doing what the Bible says. Listen, doing the truth according to the Word of God is placing my faith in the cross. When I place my faith and keep my faith in the cross, I'm a doer of the truth. Amen. I didn't become obedient to God when I did an act of obedience of my own. Romans 6 very clearly teaches that we became obedient. We became the children of God when we obeyed, believed that form of doctrine that delivered us from sin and made us the righteousness of God, servants of righteousness. Not when we did something, but when we believed something. Amen. And and Paul writes to the church in Galatia, and uh, the church is in Galatia, and he says, Who's bewitched you that you're no longer doing the truth? So if our faith is in the cross, we're doing the truth. And And because we're walking in the truth, the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. And we have the fruit of the Spirit. By no means does it mean that we're perfect and we get everything right and that we know everything. But it means we're walking in the place where the one that does know everything and that can do everything is there with us. Amen. And we and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness along the way if we keep our faith in what actually allows the Holy Spirit to do that. But the Bible is clear here that we're to have no fellowship. We're not to have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So let's just be very kindergarten. Elementary this morning, Psalms 33, 4, is a great scripture that brings clarity, To the Word of God, to our hearts. For the Word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. In means there's a place I must find truth in. So what is truth? Truth is a man named Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Amen. Without Calvary, without the cross, He cannot be my truth, my liberating truth. So as long as my faith is in Jesus and what he did at Calvary alone, then I am walking in the Spirit, walking after the Spirit, walking in truth, and the fruit of the Spirit comes out of my life by the power of God. I can't produce it. I can just bear it as my faith remains in the truth. And those who are not walking in this truth, I can love them. I can pray for them. I can hug their neck but I can't fellowship with them because God told me not to. And that's not just one verse that I'm using out of order. The Bible says if folk only have a form, listen, if they only have a form, but they're denying the power of God that I'm supposed to turn away from them. Who are they? They're those who are denying the message of the cross because the preaching of the cross is the Power of God to us who are safer. So those who just don't want to hear it, they don't. Whatever reason they give, we can't fellowship with them. So when they have an area wide crusade and thirty five churches come and they say they got rappers coming and parachuters coming and all these things that golden calves that God can't use, we can't fellowship with them. We have the one thing that they're supposed to have to be, and the only thing to be using is the gospel, the preaching of the cross. So, but to watch this now, have no fellowship with them, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Oh my goodness, now here, here comes where the problem really is. Because not only can I not reprove them, I keep hanging out with them because I just love them. God loves them. And he wouldn't want me to be a hindrance to unity. Oh, yes, he wants you to be a great hindrance to a false unity, Christian. He wants you to be a great unity. He wants you to carry the sword of truth, the word of the Lord, the sword of the Spirit, that two-edged sword up into every situation that he's placed in your life where there's a false unity. He wants you to bring the truth, the word of the Lord that will split the hairs on a cat's back. You hear me? He wants you to rub the hair on the cat the wrong way by what you believe, not by being mean and ugly, but by being known what you believe according to the Word of God, being truth, and if they don't believe it, the Bible says we not only don't fellowship with them, but we reprove them. So this is a problem that people have as they watch the ministries today that God is raising up that bring warnings all the time. If you got a problem with warnings, you got a problem with the Lord. Because it's not just, it's not just some ministers that are griping and complaining and got a mad attitude because they've been hurt. And that's what a lot of people think. They've been through a lot of turmoil, so now they're just against everybody. Let me, I got, I got some news for you that think that way. And it took us a season to get through that too. And it's not ministers out there hammering people. It's ministers presenting the truth, which is pointing out what is not truth that's killing God's people. And when we warn, it is a rebuke of the Spirit of God, not us. Amen. It is the Spirit of God giving a rebuke through the church. That's why they killed all the prophets. And I hope somebody's listening today to this, and I hope this is going to help you. They killed all the prophets. Well, note, Jesus said all the prophets wrote about him. They spoke about him. Now, think about that. Jesus said all the prophets wrote about him, that that the Scriptures were about him. But yet his people killed all the prophets. And what did they kill the prophets for? Because the prophets were crying out, Repent and come back to the old path. Come back to the only way God will bless. The only way God will keep you in and and strengthen you and come back. But there were false prophets like there has been in all ages crying out, God's okay with where you are. He loves you. And all these false things that are being presented. If it's not pointing to Calvary, it's not the truth, and it's a false prophet. Amen. Watch this. Have no fellowship. Everybody say no fellowship. fellowship. That's a command. It's not an option. That's not just for some. It's for those who will bear the fruit of the Spirit and be recognized, listen, as those who are proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Sometimes we just think that going to church and, and providing for our families, that's acceptable to the Lord. What we read in the Word is what's acceptable unto the Lord, and He's called us to prove it. That means to manifest it. So the Lord is waiting on a manifestation from His people to stop walking with those who have no fruit. Their fruit is only the fruit of darkness. He's waiting on the church to rise up and say, I cannot walk in this anymore. I cannot be a part of this anymore. And thank God it's happening all across America and the world. People are waking up. God's people are waking up, rising up, and they're coming out of something. Their families have been bound in for generations. But by His Spirit, He's bringing His people out back to a place of manifesting that which pleases God. Hallelujah. Proving what is pleasing unto Him, what is acceptable unto Him. Amen. And we're to... Reprove them. That means bring a correction. When you look the word reprove up, it means to admonish, to rebuke, to convict by telling of a fault. Amen. Not to stay quiet and just pray for them. Lord, I hope they get it like I got it. Oh, I hope they get it. No, God is calling you and me to use the word of righteousness to bring the reproof in which it is so well equipped to do. The word of God comes forth in truth and we, we never tell anyone what is wrong without showing them what is right. The Holy Spirit will never approach you and say you're wrong and walk away. He will show you you're wrong and show you what is right. That's how the Lord got me back to the place of truth because he was not only telling me what I was believing that was wrong, he was showing me in his word why it was wrong and what is right. Praise God for his faithfulness. Hallelujah. He doesn't just walk by and say, you're wrong, hope you figure it out. He will never, he's never done that. He shows up, he reveals what's wrong, and he reveals what is right. Hallelujah. Because we can't really rebuke or reprove anyone without the word of righteousness. Because it's not us rebuking. It's the Spirit of God through us rebuking through the truth we're offering. Every every broadcast that we publish, every uh, thing on Facebook, every article, every message, the preaching of the cross is the rebuke. The warning against what is not truth is a rebuke. People get mad about it. They don't like it. They see it in the wrong light until they come back to the cross where they can clearly see that God was loving them. He was reaching for them, trying to get them back on the path where they could once again prove what is acceptable unto him. Praise God. John the Baptist, we talked about a little bit Wednesday night or last Sunday morning, how God dressed him in camel hair made him eat wild locusts and honey, put him in the wilderness. God does these things on purpose. These little storefront churches that are popping up that are not 190-year-old denominations that people take so much treasure in, but they're preaching the gospel. They're preaching the cross, hallelujah. And I'm telling you, God is in these places, working in these places, because through this message, people, His people are being able to come back and to prove what is acceptable unto Him. Without this message, we cannot. Because the only way of proving what is acceptable to the Lord, the only way it's done is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And He won't work in anything but the gospel. And I know Christians don't like that, but they killed all the prophets in the Old Covenant too. Hallelujah. So, we're to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That means none. Amen. Amen. No fellowship. And you know what? You're not the one, and and let me say this to all those who uh, the Lord's been able to bring back to faith and true grace, true faith and true grace, the way of the cross. Don't feel guilty and don't feel bad. Don't let the devil or your flesh condemn you when your families are rejecting you. I know it's not a fun thing. It's not a happy thing. But it should be a time and a season of rejoicing when we see, when we see and know why they're criticizing, why they've pulled away from us, because they refuse to walk where we walk. They are not of us. If they are not with us, these ministers that we used to know years ago, we were in fellowship years ago, and they have nothing to do with us, It's listen carefully, it's not because they're too busy, it's because they don't believe what we believe. They do not believe what we believe. They're under law, but they're not preaching the cross. They may mention it. But they're just getting up and they're trying to get the people to like them and to follow them so they can keep their job and keep everybody happy. That's that's not acceptable unto the Lord. What's acceptable is that we preach Christ and Him crucified and through that message, He can build His church. He can do what needs to be done. Amen. Praise God. So we we see in... uh, Verse thirteen of this chapter, and I'm not skipping chapter uh, verse twelve, but this scripture just needs to be uh, jumped. We need to jump ahead and see this right now because it talks about reproof. But all things that are reproved and are made manifest, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whosoever does make manifest is light. Jesus is light. He's the one that makes manifest, but get this, he's already told us here that in verse 8 of this field chapter, for you at one time were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And I've got to say this, and you're going to love it, those of you who have faith in the cross. If your faith is in the cross, you are walking in the Lord, in the light that you are, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus, and you are the only ones on the planet who are bringing a rebuke to the lost. That's why it's not pleasurable. That's why it's not, it doesn't feel good. Because, we man, when we got this truth and the Lord was able to bring us back to true faith and grace man we in our heads we just thought man when we tell this people are going to come out of the woodwork they're going man this is going to be a big move of God and I tell you it is a big move of God but not in the way we thought it it is the biggest move that's going on on the planet today God bringing a religious people out of a slumber hallelujah back to the place of righteousness and walking in this truth it is the biggest thing God's got going on on the planet right now, hallelujah. Bringing a lost man or a woman or child out of darkness and into his marvelous kingdom of light and then teaching them how to walk in the place that's acceptable unto him, there ain't another thing going on that God's even looking at or respecting, hallelujah. Everything else has no respect of the Lord. I would say ask Cain, but hopefully you'll never see Cain. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, all things... Let's read verse 12. We'll flow right into this this morning. For it is a shame... Let's read verse 11 again. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And i got to say it before we move on. The unfruitful works of darkness is not just what we see out there in the world. The unfruitful works of darkness... Is water baptism, if it's for salvation in the mind of God, it's church attendance, if we think what we're doing is getting us something and we're we're finding approval from God because we're doing something instead of believing what is right, Christ and Him crucified. It is an unfruitful place. Hallelujah. When someone's out there teaching that repentance is not for the church, you have to throw away the letter that the Holy Spirit wrote through Paul to Corinth. If you take away repentance from the church, you have to throw away parts of the Bible. Amen. So my Jesus died for my sins, was buried and raised from the dead, and by His Spirit, He convicts me. Amen. So that I can continue to walk in a place that's acceptable unto the Lord. Amen. Now, my Jesus brings conviction of sin. They preach a Jesus that doesn't do that. So that doesn't tell me they got something wrong about Jesus. It tells me they have a different Jesus. So I hope we're getting a little clarity out of this Joseph Prince who does point to the cross. He does point to faith and grace. But they also teach, hear me carefully, that the Christians never convicted of sin. But yet we see the Holy Spirit writing a letter to the church in Corinth convicting them of sin, calling on them to approve and clear themselves of this sin. That's what our Jesus does. Hallelujah. I said, that's what our, their Jesus, he does different. Because there are many Jesuses. Hallelujah. That shouldn't be a hallelujah. (laughs) That should be a, oh, me, help me, Lord. But my Jesus finished the work on the cross. On the cross, was raised from the dead, today seated at the right hand of the Father so He can give me the Spirit of the Father and the Son so that I can walk in a place that's approved by the Lord. It's His way, not mine. Proving what is acceptable unto Him only by His Spirit. And when I fall into a place of complacency, slothfulness, bitterness, jealousy, malice, strife, covetousness, He convicts me so that he can bring me back into fellowship. Remember, without repentance, when there's sin, the fruit is death. We read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 earlier. The fruit is death. That doesn't mean dying physically. Death is separation. It means we're no longer in fellowship with the Lord like we think we are. First, John wrote that, 1 John chapter 1. You have to rephrase who the Bible's written to. You have to write new versions of the Bible to get away from the truth. But I'm holding fast to the Word of God, without a new translation, without, without saying now that wasn't really written to the church. Oh, I'm not moving with them. I'm not going with them. I'm going to look like an old fuddy-duddy that stuck back in the old days. And a guy told me one time I heard y'all were going back and singing the hymns. And I wished I'd have been quick enough to tell him, Brother, we've gone farther back than that. We've gone all the way to Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory. We've gone back before there was hymns in the New Testament. We've gone back to the hymns David wrote in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then if you don't like the hymns that's written on this side of Calvary, you sure don't like the ones written in the book of Psalms. Mm. But I know the one they're about. Hallelujah. Oh, they're not, uh, the hymns aren't about some old church that didn't know where they were going. The hymns were written by men that had been bound in sin and delivered by the power of God. Hallelujah. And knew what it was like to be delivered from sin. Praise God. So bring the hymns on in. So I know the church is still a little confused. They got you 8 o'clock ch- service for the old folk who don't want to move on into the contemporary. The jumping, and bouncing, and rock and roll, rolling, and rap in the church. They come for the 8 o'clock service to hear the old hymns. But the preacher's blind because he's just there to please people. So at 11 o'clock, they got the rap and the rock and the country and all that stuff But God says don't be a part of it. God says don't be a part of it. Come out from among them. Turn from, don't even be a part of the 8 o'clock because the 8 o'clock means you're tied to the 11 o'clock in some way because you're all there together. you got to get up and get out. Glory to God. I tell you, there's another place that ain't got any of the second. They ain't got nothing but the first. Hallelujah. They sing in the hymns. or praising God in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. So... We can get excited about that because that's where the Lord has brought us from and brought us into a large place. Hallelujah. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Let's talk about that for a minute. Hmm. Shameful to even speak of, first of all, what they do in secret, or it's shameful for us to be in secret and even speaking about them and what they do. Think about that. It is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, and I believe here the Bible refers to them that are doing stuff in secret. It's still evil. It's as evil to be a listen, it's as evil to be a homosexual whether you're in the closet, they call it, hiding it from the world because God sees the heart, as it is to be out in the street dancing around naked, glorying in your shame and abomination, because it's all emanating from the heart that God saw when you were back in the closet. And we we, I said we who are walking in the light, the truth. Faith and the cross are told it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. So if it's a shame, that means it's not acceptable unto the Lord. For them to be doing it, or for us to even be speaking about it, here it comes, or even much less watching it on television... Cute little sitcoms with little homos and lesbians that just, you know... And we sit there and we've been desensitized and oh, we just like it. See, we just like the, it's such a comedy and oh, it's so cute. I know they're, I know they're not right, but that's as bad as sitting in a church where they're not preaching the cross. Well, I know he's not preaching the cross, but I've been told that a thousand times in the last 12 years. Well, I know our preacher's not preaching the cross, but that but right there has got you in a place called unacceptable of the Lord. Because he didn't plant you in that church. Hallelujah. And he didn't send that preacher to preach all this other stuff. Amen. Well, now you're hearing this morning why they don't like Brother Curtis. But you're also hearing why a few love me. Because we preach the truth. A good father is going to tell his sons and daughters what is right and what is wrong. And then they have to make their own choice. Amen. Amen. So we see this, it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. How many times you heard a Christian say, well, at least they're doing it in secret. At least they ain't doing it publicly. You know. You know, how, many, how many times you ever heard of a, a, a parent who, who calls himself a Christian but let their kids drink in the house? Well, at least they ain't doing it out in the street. At least they're doing it in the house unacceptable Absolutely. not by my standards by the word of God That's right. That's right. it's unacceptable amen parents who buy movies they can watch with their kids and after the kids go to bed now we can watch those they can't watch whatever your kid can't watch it ain't good for you to watch and it's unacceptable That's right. it's unacceptable you mean I got to watch them old Disney movies listen God ain't interested in if you watching anything he's only interested in what's accepted of him acceptable yes. amen I know I speak from experience years ago, buying what the kids and we can watch and put them to bed so we can watch our stuff. Huh, come on, man. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. You know what I, what the Lord is showing me lately about Christianity? Those Christians who refuse to walk in what pleases the Lord, refuse to do it. Refuse. Not going to do it. And the reason they give, whether it's verbally or just in the back of their mind, but it is in their heart and God sees it, is they don't really have an awareness of God's presence. They think he's some old gray-bearded dude that's been away so far that man can't get there. and Oh, he's looking, uh, you know, occasionally notices them, but and, and, and he's he not really, you know, we'll see him one day. They don't have an awareness of his presence. Amen. They curse, they do this, they watch that, they go here, they do that, they're involved in all sorts of things that are wrong, and they're involved in hardly anything, if anything at all. That's right, (coughs) because they don't have an awareness of his presence. That is really the difference of a spirit-filled person. A spirit filled person, one who's been baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and prophesying and the fruit of the Spirit rolling through their lives now, and someone who refuses to come out from the world and what's wrong. Listen, the difference is the spirit filled person now has an overwhelming influence of the Spirit in his life. And I got to say, If you're watching, it's not just for some, that's for all. If you're a Bible believer. Now, if you're a denominational follower, you probably won't get that. But if you're a Bible believer, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and you'll begin to see things in a brighter and new way now and be used of the Lord more and greater than ever before. Praise God. But I see this, the Lord showed me this as a problem. And I know it's a problem because sometimes people will curse and they'll turn around and see Curtis, the preacher, and they'll say, oh, if I would have known you were there, I wouldn't have done that, wouldn't have said that. And I, I have to be honest, I always say, well, the Lord was here before I got here. People don't respect the Lord. they have no, The Bible calls it they have no fear of God. And we're talking about millions who claim to be Christians. They have no fear of God. They'll say they'll do anything, and they'll say, well, you know God's grace. God loves us. But our lives are to be, we're to be proving with our lives what is acceptable unto the Lord. I'm reading it to you right out of the Word today. And those, I'm not talking about when we make mistakes. We all make mistakes. So don't think I'm trying to teach any sinless perfection. There are none, no pre- not one breathing person has ever had perfection except Christ. But we are known by our fruits. A lot of people are known according to what church they go to. I don't want to be known for being a preacher or a church goer. I want to be known as a Christian. A child of God that's known because they see the fruit of God in my life. They see me loving folks when I'm not loved. They see me caring about folks that don't really care too much about me. Amen. So, Verse 12 says, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. That tells us, a part of what's acceptable to the Lord is us not talking about what's going on in secret. That's evil. These people who are not living for the Lord. Even if it's calling on the phone in the name of prayer. Hallelujah. And Don't get me wrong, we need to be praying for people. We need to be praying about issues they have. But the Lord sees our hearts. And he knows if it's really just a spirit of gossip in the name of prayer or if it's really prayer. Amen. So, we see here, for it is a shame. It's a shame. Even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Because what? Soever does make manifest is light. And again, that's those. The light is Jesus. You can't even say the word light without referring to Jesus. But the cross is the switch. Jesus is the light. The cross is the switch. Without our There's not a rebuke. That's why people aren't guilty when they get around us. Listen, Christian, if you're walking in the light, these people that are doing things in secret, they're going to be convicted when they get around you. Unless I got a Bible that puts him out of business. I said, I got a Bible to convict the Christian of sin because the Holy Spirit wants to be able to work in our lives to the point we are proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And if we are living in that place... That means people who are Christians who are living in sin don't really like you being around. They, don't, they will dodge you, man. They'll shoot down the canned food aisle if they see you coming at Walmart. They'll pull that cap down a little bit tighter. Why? Why? You don't know what's going on in their secret lives, but the Holy Spirit does. And here you come walking up, pushing your buggy in Walmart, knowing they've seen you over the last year about four or five times in Walmart, and every time they said, I'll see you in church Sunday. But they weren't there. Why? They were at home doing something unacceptable unto the Lord. Mm. So they run because there's a rebuke just in your walking in the light. I'm not talking. and left them all laying there. That is to build me up. It's not pointing to Christ. It's pointing to, oh, he must be something awesome with God. Silliness. 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 The only people I see in the Word of God that's laying in the floor and trembling up, trembling all over, oh, here it comes. People having devils cast out of them. Mm. I'm not saying that God, the Spirit of God can't come on you and you begin to tremble, but I will say this, and you won't change my mind when it's all over. He spoke to your heart. And what He spoke to your heart brought so much excitement and joy in your heart that you got beside yourself. Oh, he's not going to show up and make you shake all over. And when it's over, you not be able to give an answer for what happened. Because if you have no answer, being him speaking to you, then it wasn't God. Mm. It wasn't God. People don't like Brother Curtis when it comes to that now, because bless God, Grandma, ain't Bessie, Uncle Luther, those were my relatives, and you're just not going to talk about them. I am going to talk about them. I'm going to talk about what God does and what God don't do. God's calling His people to come back on track, back to that path He works in, that path of righteousness that only comes through us knowing the truth. Amen. He's calling His church back to a place where we rebuke the works of darkness. We're not in fellowship with them. We're rebuking them. Amen. I'm not talking about on Facebook every day, going on Facebook and just telling everybody what's wrong with everybody. I'm talking about preaching the gospel. That is the strongest rebuke uh, to anybody anywhere because it is the preaching of the cross uh, that's the power of God to us that are saved, but it is a rebuke to those who are not. It is an offering to them of salvation, but it's a rebuke. That the way they're going for the lost or the saint is not right. That's why they don't like it one bit. That's why people got to get mad before they get glad, because our flesh do not like being told anything, even if it's by God. Again, they killed all the prophets, and the prophets were speaking on behalf of the Lord. The only reason they couldn't, the only reason they killed the prophets, because they couldn't pull God down out of heaven, cut his head off. I'm not being funny, I'm telling you. The only reason that folks kill preachers of righteousness and and all the prophets that prophesied after the Spirit of God according to the Word of the Lord He gave them, the only reason they killed them is because they couldn't pull God out of heaven and kill Him. So i got to ask myself today, do I really love this God that sent His Son to save me, or would I really rather pull Him down here, slap Him around and tell Him, I've got this and you just follow me, God. So am I following God or is He following me? You think about this. And the proof of what I just said is that God showed up as a man and they put Him on a cross. Because they just don't like light. Jesus taught the reason we don't like light. The light that brings rebuke is because it's a rebuke to our sin and our darkness that we love more than the light. See, I'm just declaring the word of the Lord to you this morning because I love you with a love that God loves you that wants you to come back on course and be so determined not to move away from it. When things in your life seem like they're falling apart and and things are not what they were and ministry's not what it was and, and, and you've almost given up, you've almost thrown in the towel, let me tell you, the devil's rushing in on that. He's rushing in on that because now he wants you to begin to look at some of the things that you used to preach against, but now you're beginning to mellow down. He wants you to grab a hold of what's false. Because the devil sees us down. He's been a part of why we are down. And when we get down so low, we begin to doubt who we are and what we once believed. I mean the truth of the gospel of the cross. And he kicks us and he will pull the truth right out of our hearts. It's what the Bible teaches that he'll exchange the truth for a lie. And we can't allow that to happen. We can't allow that to happen. It's going to take a fight of faith to keep marching in this light, walking in the light. Your mama may say, you're not my son if you believe that. Your wife may say, I'm divorcing you if you believe that. But once again, you've got more with Jesus than you could ever have in a mother or a wife or children. You've got more, hallelujah, with Jesus. Hang on to Jesus no matter who gets rid of you. I know it's hard. It's easier said than done, but the Holy Spirit can do it. He can do it. Praise God. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Here is the proof that the only way God reproves what is wrong is with the light. The only way He reproves me of my being out of fellowship with Him because I'm not walking in the light that I claim I have been is by bringing the true light into my life, which is the Word of God... Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, the way I should be living. And as long as we keep our faith in what the living Word, Jesus Christ, did for us at Calvary, then the written Word will become of great effect to us. And the Spirit of God will, through the written Word of God, lead us in the path of righteousness. But our faith must remain in the death of Jesus. It must remain there or He will not be able to do anything for us but to point to what is right. I gave a good illustration Wednesday night. The Holy Spirit's only pointing to you what is right. But He will take you into what is right if you will believe. He only works in truth. me from the law of sin and Amen. Praise God. I'm glad you tuned in this morning. I pray that you'd share this message. You would hit the share button. Everybody needs to hear the word of God in truth. The word of God taught correctly, with the right focus, the right object of faith. Amen. I know most won't like it, but there'll be some that do. Help us bring them out of the fire. Help us snatch them out of the fire by the truth of Almighty God. We love Tell somebody about cross time with Pastor Curtis and tune in next week right here and that's where we'll see you next. Love you. God bless you.